The Beer EDU Podcast, Episode 134, Becoming the Change with Dan Wolf. Welcome to the Beer EDU Podcast, the podcast for educators that love to learn and share ideas with fellow educators over beers, with your hosts, Kyle Anderson and Ben Dixon. Kyle, what is up? Hey, Ben, how's it going, man? Um, it is good. This is episode 134, I think. Yes, it, it is. <laughs> Yeah, we, we were joking before we got going that this is only the second episode we've recorded in like five months. Yeah, see, now, now you're explaining how the sausage gets made. Yeah, we had pre-recorded a bunch of episodes because, shockingly, the beginning of the year is kind of nuts. So we're yeah. back. <laughs> and, you know, we also, we, we've been really good now for how many years on drops every two weeks. Yes. And I would have to go back and look to see when we dropped our last episode you and I did together. But... It was definitely more than two weeks ago. It was. We'll just I say think, that. Yeah, I think we might be three or four weeks out. Well, we should see. We're out of practice. We have to back up. So I guess I should introduce myself, and you will introduce yourself. So Ben Dixon, find me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, on Untapped. I guess those are really the only socials that I'm even using. And Twitter, that's a whole other story. But right now, it's yeah, Instagram and and Untapped. But B Dixon NV. Um, and you, my friend? Yeah, and I am Kyle Anderson. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Anderson EdTech. Yeah, the, Twitter is just kind of, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to make of Twitter right now. It's um, An evil know, genius has decided that he's going to run it. I, I yeah, just, it's like it, a Marvel movie at this point. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for like half of the... Uh, accounts on twitter to just disappear when said evil genius just snaps his fingers thanos style yeah I, i'm exactly. waiting for that to happen because i mean <laughs> the, the way that like accounts are getting blocked just for like making fun of said person or whatever yes exactly but and then on top of that we're, we're a few days removed from the election which uh i don't see a lot on my twitter feed on politics or whatever because i've curated my feeds to yes. be straight education but yes, you know i can only imagine what was out there especially after once again said genius um you know bought the platform or whatever yeah. um instagram i'm never again, gonna get um, my blue check now <laughs> no not that i was ever chasing that anyway no. so but yeah so i'm anderson ed tech on those platforms i'm also anderson ed tech on both untapped and peloton which i've been crushing oh, that true. lately um i have a blog i have not touched in quite a while at andersonedtech.net I still do get the occasional email of people that have read that, and then it's usually a spam comment that I have to that I have to delete. But hey, right. somebody is at least accessing my blog. There still. you go. Um, I am also the author of To the Edge: Successes and Failures yes. Through Risk Taking." That is available on Amazon. It's on BarnesandNoble.com, and through my publisher, Edumage Publishing. And it has been a while. We have not done this in a little bit. We, we got off to a little bit of a rocky start here. But the one thing that we will never forget how to do, kind of like riding a bike. Yes. And that's how to drink beer. And Ben, you've got something that oh. I'm so envious of you on. Yes. So I have uh, Lakefront Brewing Hop Gods. It is a double dry hopped, as they say, with cashmere, citra, and strata hops. So it's a double imperial IPA. Uh, this is from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, I have never seen this on the West Coast. 
my uh, good friend and amazing dean of students, uh, Mr. Jay Colbert, he has some friends. He has a hookup from the Midwest, and they brought him beers. And we play this game now uh, where we have a we have a we have a nice duffel bag that comes back and forth, and we trade off different uh, you know different uh, samplings. We should say so. When I took it home the other day, this was in it, and this is this is. Whew, this is a this is a solid one. I mean, it's uh, it's coming in at nine percent, thirty four IBU, not a lawnmower beer. No, definitely not. And while I have not had that one, I have had a few different brews from that brewery. Mm-hmm. So when you showed me it real fast before we started recording, the like, wait is that the lakefront from Milwaukee? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why? I'm just like I've had beers from them and they are excellent. So. Yes. I'm yeah. super excited about this one. So I might, you know, at some point have to head to the Midwest or somehow figure out how to get it shipped to myself. Yeah. Well, I speaking of the Midwest and beer from there, I've actually yes. am rocking one from the Midwest myself uh, from not Milwaukee, but from Petoskey, Michigan, which is oh, yes. the northern part of the lower peninsula. It is from a place called Beards Brewery and it is called Citranity and it's a session IPA. Um, I believe if I read this right, it's a it's another variation of a flagship beer. There is called Oh the Citranity, which all mm. I can think of is Terrence and Philip from South Park. Oh the Citranity, <laughs> but that is a pale ale. This one's a session IPA. It's five percent ABV. Doesn't have any IBU listed. I'm going to guess probably like forties, okay, maybe forties, maybe okay. even low fifties on it. So right. it's hoppy. But it's very bright. It's lemony. There's cool. citrus. There's a touch of pine to it. It's really good. So this was one that when I was in Michigan over the summer, I brought back beer from there. I brought back beer from like eight different states this summer. Nice. So like ranging from Oklahoma to Alabama to Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin. So and I've been going through them one by one out of cool. my beer fridge. And this was one that I still had. I'm like, that's a really good one. I'm going to hook up on that one. And then I'm going to be chasing it down with, we've talked about this. I believe you had this in the last episode. You turned me on to the Sierra Nevada hop splash, hoppy water. Yes. It is so good. good. And I also, when I purchased this at said high end grocery outlet that uh, tends to cost a significant portion of your paycheck when you go there. I also picked up Lagunitas hoppy refresher water in the bottle to compare the two. And they're both very good. Okay, that one I haven't had, so I do need to pick that one up. The hop water is like surprisingly, I actually think it's better than non-alcoholic beer. Oh, I agree. I absolutely agree yeah. because um, you're not getting the calories, but you're getting like the flavor of what you're getting the hoppiness, which mm-hmm. is what I love. So I love IPAs. So yeah, I would agree. Yeah, a lot of non-alcoholic beers just taste like watered down beer. Yep. And you're basically, you might as well drink a Coke at that point because you're still getting all the calories right. and sugar. For sure. So, um, but anyway, so um, we also did not forget that yes. we have a guest with us here. So this is uh, an individual that we have been in contact for quite a while and yes. we've had some false starts, but um, we're finally getting this gentleman on here and we want to take a moment to introduce Mr. Dan Wolf to the podcast. Dan, how is it going, my Dan? friend? It's going great. Uh, you know, good things come to those that wait. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation and uh, e- enjoying uh, Sam Adams' uh, Oktoberfest. And nice. uh, my my daughter just recently turned 21. So being down here in Florida, we did go to Epcot and, you know, drinks around cool. the world. So I uh, got to sample all bunch of uh, different types and everything. Oh, nice. So uh, it, it was really cool. 
That's about the only way you could probably get me into Disney World now, now that I know that. So because I've been to Disneyland <laughs> right? and contrary to popular belief, I do not believe that that is the happiest place on Earth. So. Most expensive place. Yes, yes there that's a better description of yes. what Disneyland is. 100%. So, so um, that being said, you are from Florida. I'm going to assume not too far from Orlando then. But um, tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from. What do you do? Um, give us like the short bio of Dan Wolf over the years through education, all the good stuff. Sure. Sounds, uh, sounds good. Um, so I am, I grew up in uh, Germantown, Maryland, uh, just out of Washington, DC, uh, moved down here uh, to go to college. I went to Flagler college in St. Augustine, um, uh, where I met my wife too. Uh, and so I guess you could say we're college sweethearts. So, uh, and then we uh, went ahead and were able to get jobs on, the west coast of Florida, just north of Tampa, and uh, we've—I've uh, been in education for 26 years now, and I've held roles from uh, classroom teacher to instructional coach, uh, district curriculum math specialist, uh, where I supported 18 schools, uh, all Title One, kindergarten through 12th grade, and then um, I've also been an administrator. I'm currently an assistant principal. Um, at a Title I school and uh, looking, uh, my next step is to hopefully one day be a principal real soon. Right on, man. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot. That is, that is a lot. So kind of like, there's so much to unpack there. So um, kind of like, what made you, what made you decide to move from that, from that uh, classroom teacher position into like a more of a more of an instructional role. I, I'm super interested because your trajectory is very similar to mine. So I'm just right. curious what made you make that choice. Well, I, it was through the you know experiences and everything. I actually uh, surprisingly I interned in kindergarten. Um, so there's not a lot of males in kindergarten. You know, uh, you know, uh, within mm-hmm. that. So yep. that's that was my starting point. And um, after my internship, uh, the same place also offered me my first position. So I really just built myself from the ground up, was in primary for a couple of years, kindergarten through second grade. And uh, then um, I didn't always think uh, the kids always got my sense of humor. Um, You know, so I I went up to intermediate, you know, just to, uh, you know, test the waters within that. And then that's when I really started to get into some more of the leadership roles, taking on some of the responsibilities. Um, I really had leaned on a lot of my mentors as, uh, you know, educators that, you know, the veterans that were already there when I first started um, to kind of learn, learn the ropes and everything from them. And then once I felt that I, you know, had had more of a, you know, firm standing in things, I I went ahead and just ventured out to get more leadership roles, team leader. um, And then um, just talked with my administration one day and they said, well, what about, you know, coaching? and things like that. So, you know, so I went ahead and became a math coach um, to go ahead and and do that and then moved into a district uh, position um, within coaching where I could actually coach at more schools and then went into uh, the leadership. And through each of the experiences, I've been also able to watch, um, interact with different people, watch different leadership styles. Um, I think what's helped me within each of the positions is one of the things is I've never forgot where I came from. And that's what I, I made a promise when I when I left the classroom, as I and I told people, I said, if I ever forget what it's like to be in the classroom, I need you to call me out on it. Because I don't want to, because I think oftentimes, 
uh, people forget um, just, you know, not on purpose, but it just happens, you know, you forget where you came from. And I think sometimes that's where the disconnect might be between, you know, administration and, and teachers. And, and I think having the different roles I've had, I'm able to look at the different through the different lenses, the different perspectives, because, yeah, I mean, I've not held every position in the district, but but I think whoever comes to me, whether it's the custodial staff, whether it's, um, you know, office secretaries, whatever, I look at it from their perspective, because if it's something that's big enough that that's bothering them, I need to make it part of, you know, my uh, repertoire to understand where they're coming from so I can better support them, because that's what I think it's all about. Uh, being a leader, that servant leadership mindset and putting uh, their needs first before your own. Yeah, I feel like I'm listening to your story, Ben, all over again. So now, Dan, I'm not sure if you're... Um... First year kindergarten also. My first right, year there teaching we go. kindergarten. Right, yeah, that's what so, it was. Dan, if you ever played guitar in a, in a punk band while skateboarding and envisioning you to do that, you guys are basically <laughs> the same person. <laughs> That's great. So, well, and, and that wouldn't surprise me being you're from just outside DC, that DC hardcore scene there. So minor threat and everybody. So that would have, that would have made, that would have made a lot of sense. So, um, right now on top of that though, um, you did not mention this, but I'm going to mention it that in um, the 2011, 2012 school year, you were selected as your County's district teacher of the year. So, yes. so um, you, you mentioned being a math coach. So were you a math teacher then? And that, is that what you were doing when you were named teacher of the year? Yeah, I, I was I was a math coach and everything. And what um, part of my journey and everything is that um, I actually was an administrator first, and I took a step back into the math coaching role because at the time I had a couple of years under my belt as an assistant principal. I also had a young daughter at home, you know, and the school I was at was it was a it was a pretty good distance away. So I'd have night events. And by the time I get home, she'd already be in bed, things. And a lot of it was, you know, put on, you know, my wife and everything. And I felt like I was missing out on those important years that I know that I would never get back, you know, watching my, you know, daughter grow up. So I, I made the difficult decision uh, to take a step down because I wanted to be there for those moments. And I found through that whole process, sometimes in life, in order to move forward, you have to take a step back. And um, lo and behold, I actually became a math coach back at the school I started at. And, um, you know, so within there and I would tell them, well, I'm not an administrator anymore. I am your, your, your confident, your coach, um, your go to person. And then it just so happened I was selected, you know, as teacher of the year for, for my school. And then everybody was like, you need to try and go for the next step. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through for the district teacher of the year within our county. But I said, you know what, you only live once. Let's see what, see, let's roll the dice and see what happens. So just to be, you know, and then I happened to be in the top three for the county. Um, and then we had to go on like interviews and things like that. And they actually had like a whole presentation. Um, and you didn't know it, it was revealed at the big ceremony and everything. And then uh, when my name was called, it was just, it was just, you know, just a complete shock and just, um, you know, and it was just, and it attributed to all the people around me to made me who I am today. Um, that's, and that's what I made sure to, you know, go ahead and just thank everybody. Cause it was just such an honor to be a part of that. And then to be invited, um, out to the, for the state and everything and go to Orlando where they kind of brought everybody together from all the different counties in Florida, to go ahead and recognize them, you know, through Macy's and everything. And, you know, I still have everything and it's something I'll never forget, you know, um, 
you know, but again, like I said, it's, it's attributed to all the people I've had the pleasure to work with. They, they've helped make me into who I am. And that's one thing I promise I'd never forget that. So, but it was a cool experience without a doubt. Now, what a, what an honor for that. And, and I'm, I'm very happy that you shared that. And, um, you know, even though this was over 10 years ago, congratulations, that that's, that's incredible. So, um, one of the things that stuck out to me most though, that you said was right in the very beginning is about how you said that you actually were in an admin role and left to go back right. into the coaching role. And the, the words that stuck out to me, and I hope the listeners caught this too, was sometimes you got to take a step back yeah. in order to eventually go forward. So, and uh, you know, a lot of, if, if people have been listeners for a while and Ben knows this about me very well about yeah. me, that I was in administration for about six months myself. And you know, a lot of the family thing was a big issue. You know, right. I, I stepped out of it because I just, the time away was just so much amongst some other, other aspects of it too. Um, and while I'm not in a traditional admin role now, I am in a role where I'm no longer in the classroom. I'm in kind of a coaching role, but I'm also as a special ed facilitator, I'm, I'm not necessarily a supervisor to special ed teachers, but I I'm supervising their meetings. I'm going over their paperwork. I'm, I'm giving them guidance on the paperwork. So and I'm not sure I would be in the position I am now had it not been for that short time that I was in admin. So what, what, when you said that whole taking a step back to go forward, that really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like we're always, no matter what role we have, we're always have that coach within us too, because even as an administrator right now, I, I do remove that, that hat off to be able to also give coaching advice for my teachers, my, my, instructional coaches right. and things like that. And I, I try to tell them that because, you know, when we go in for like, you know, because everybody gets nervous for like the evaluations or whatever. I said, but I have my, if I have my laptop closed or I don't have anything, I, I'm not going in within that. I'm going in with a different lens. And I let them know that even from our rookie teachers to our most veteran that I, I said, you know, and, and I'm a teacher first and foremost. That's where I started. That's what I'll always be. Even as a, an instructional leader, I, I'm still a teacher within that to be able to and to build up my own chops because I, I, I don't know everything and I, I'll never claim to know everything. And if I don't know something, I'm going to find out. So because I feel as like a leader or just whatever role you're in is to show that vulnerability because we always want our kids to be vulnerable. But when we when it's turned on us as adults, we expect to be have perfection. And that's just not going to happen. It's that vulnerable uh components that I think that just makes us us. Well, and Dan, I, I love that. It sounds like th those conversations, you're right. As an administrator, it is really hard. You, it sounds like you're, you're basically saying to people, look, this is a coaching conversation as opposed to an evaluation conversation. And I think that's, that's super important for, I think all administrators, new administrators, veteran administrators, because you're right. I mean, that people, people fear for whatever reason, or they don't, the, the evaluation process um, and it has to be there for for multiple reasons, but there's also that importance of coaching. And do you find do you find that since you've had that role as a coach, and as, especially at a district level, do you feel like do you feel like that gives you, I mean, for lack of a better term, more street cred with your with your staff? I think so because I, I've, in a way, I've I've been in the trenches with them. 
you know, within that, even when I have district personnel come out for supports and they've been like, they have the role that I had or something. So when they come out, I've been there. I understand where they're coming from. They've got to support all these different schools and every school is different, even with title one. And like I said, you never get the same title one school. It's going to be, even if it could be across the street from you, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a completely different makeup, different needs. And you have to, you have to be like a chameleon is the best way I can describe it, that you have to adapt to the environment that's around you. And it's just like you adapt to your staff and everything else in order to get the best out of everybody. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's just something that I, I, um, that I try to go ahead and make sure that they understand. And, and I, and I even recognize the fact that when I'm in some of the classrooms, a lot of the things that they have may be very similar, but that when I was teaching, but they're also very different. And I acknowledge that. And I, to say that I am, you know, I'm not that expert, you know, on, on everything. So I'll, and I'll never claim to be, and I'll tell them that, you know, if I'm going, I, I was never a music teacher. I mean, I, I still have nightmares over hot cross buns playing that with my recorder and having my professor give the sympathy of, Dan, you're trying so hard. You just can't seem to get the tunes right. I said, well, this is why I'm not going in the music. I said, because I, I know my limitations. It's so, like you were in the same class with me, dude. I totally know, understand what you're well, and I said, and, and I said, what's happened, like it happened three years in a row, just to kind of go with that is like, I've gone in for an evaluation for one of the music teachers and I kid you not, it was hot cross buns. And I said to my principal, I said, <laughs> I feel like you were setting me up because I told you this story. And then when I go in, they're playing hot cross buns and I've got to relive it all over again. I said, this is why I have EAP sessions and things like that. Just to go, I said, it's my own trauma right there. But anyways. <laughs> well, and so, so along with all this, I think yeah. we need to talk about, you have a book and I think that's super important to share kind of like, and especially now this book, Becoming the Change, Five Essential Elements to Being Your Best Self. I mean, tell us, tell us a little about how that came about and like what, without, you know, giving away the whole book, just tell us kind of what, sure. it, what is that? So, so it all came from, so um, back in December, 2019, I, um, uh, that summer, our district uh, was really uh, wanted to have a focus on social emotional learning. Mm -hmm. And as you know, education's got a million acronyms. For, so for all the listeners, SEL um, is usually what it's coined as. Um, and what we wanted to go ahead and do is create um, grade level standards, kindergarten through 12th grade to show a progression. We always talk about the academic progression, mm -hmm. but this is the social emotional. And I'm a big believer in you have to Maslow before you can bloom. You've got to have those other those other foundational needs before you can get into the academics. I think that um, if um, academics is the lock, then SEL is the key to open that, to open all those doors and those avenues. So we were planning a lot of the, you know, the different standards and, you know, just trying to look at that trajectory. And I, I'm a big uh, quote person. And I came across a quote um, by Michelle Obama that basically it said, you know, that to let our moral compass be our guide. And what I had envisioned was that these uh, five areas or five elements, which are self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, responsible uh, decision-making skills and relationship skills, all make up our own moral compass. Each of us has our own moral compass that kind of guides, guides us throughout life, our decision-making, but each of those five areas 
um, you know, uh, help help us become our best self. And so what I decided to do was to um, start writing a blog. Um, I started that and originally it was called our moral compass before I changed it to becoming the change. Um, but, um, and basically I take a famous quote, um, analyze it and interpret it, what it meant to me at this you know point in time in my life and how it related to one of the elements. So it could have been self-awareness or, um, self-management. And then I'd ask the reader, what does it mean to you? Because my interpretation is going to be completely different than yours. So I started doing that, um, then about two months later, I decided to record it as a podcast, j- just me, you know, reading what I've already written. Um, and uh, then the pandemic hit, you know, in March of 2020. So when I wasn't on Zoom and everything else like the rest of the world, and um, I said, there's something else I just feel like I need to give back to the world. I said, I've always talked about writing a book. I said, there's no better time than now to go ahead and do that. And maybe it's something around, um, around with, um, you know, with SEL. Mm-hmm. It was also around the time um, when things, you know, the, the tragedy of like George Floyd, mm-hmm. you know, things like well, just, just how society was just seeming like it was, you know, falling apart when it should be really uh, banding together. And so I went ahead and I wrote this book, um, Becoming the Change. Um, and, uh, I wanted to go ahead and focus on like the, on the cover of it is a butterfly because I, I believe that as, um, we, we, as humans evolve over time, we are in a completely different spot than we were 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll be in a different spot another 20 years from now. And we're always evolving, always trying to become our best self. So, um, what I did is I, um, created a, a self-assessment on each of the five different elements and ha- I wanted everyone, I talked about vulnerability earlier. When you take the self-assessment, you have to be vulnerable, put it out there. You know, you know, it's, it's for you. You can take it as many times as you want. You take it now, take it six months from now, six years from now, you're going to always be at a different spot in your life. Um, it's going to tell you what your um, strengths are. And then it's going to tell you what your challenges are. I don't call them limitations because sometimes I feel the limitations are the uh, limitations are what we are the limits that we put on ourselves. Um, but the challenges and things like that, um, we can always try to overcome that. And um, so based on that, um, so like if your areas, so like uh, just to give your listeners background in case they're not familiar with the five um, elements, self-awareness is basically knowing our inner selves. Um, it's what makes us tick. The best analogy I can give, it's like a mechanic that knows the inner workings of the car. Uh, we're, we're the mechanics of our own lives. So that's what uh, self-awareness uh, means. Now with self-management, it just um, means essentially what we're in the driver's seat of our minds and our actions. Um, we control our destiny. Um, usually that's one of the biggest areas within there as far, as far as when we're working with kids and everything is the self-management piece because they've got usually that impulsiveness that they just, instead of thinking about it, recognizing the situation, which would be the self-awareness, and then controlling themselves. Then you go into social awareness. And if I had to choose out of the top five elements as even a society, I think this is the one we're lacking in the most. Again, just my opinion um, within that. But that's where we're able to look at it through the lens of other people. 
Um, it helps us understand our place in the world and then through acceptance and unity. And again, it doesn't mean we have to agree with what everybody says, but it's just necessary we just acknowledge it. Um, one of, and that's one of the ones for myself as no matter what position I've held is looking at it through the lens of others. When I had left one of my previous schools at the end of last year, when I was asked to go to another school because they needed that SEL background and things like that to support them, um, I was given a um, magnifying glass from one of my teachers. And she said, Dan, this is for you because you always looked at it through our lens. And I actually have it hanging in my my new office and everything. So it serves as a reminder that that's, you know, never to forget those kinds of things. Um, and then, of course, you have the relationship skills. Those are those innate qualities we have within ourselves and others. And it's a, definitely an element we can't live without because it's not just the relationships we have with others. But if we it's like the oxygen mask, we have to take care of ourselves before we can take care of others. And we have to have that love, that self-love and respect for ourselves in order to help others. Um, and then our last one is responsible decision making. Um, and as um, uh, podcaster Seth Godin once said that decisions are choices. Um, so these choices have direct effect on ourselves and those around us. Um, when we should always be making those with an open heart and an open mind. So those are the five elements. So based on that assessment, you can go ahead within in uh, each of the chapters. It's how, what I did is I paid homage to, and I don't know if you read the, these books when you were growing up, but um, choose your own adventure. You, you go ahead and click to a certain page or whatever else. Um, I always wound up picking the page that it, I always faced a dragon. So my, my fate didn't always turn out great. Now, I don't have any dragons in my, in my book or anything. But what it does is based on the needs of, of how the self-assessment, you choose your own adventure. It's your life. So if you were very high in uh, self-awareness and you wanted to continue to work on that strength, you could go there. Or you could go ahead and let's say you have you have difficulties with making good decisions. You could make the focus there. And then when you finish that chapter, you have a choice. You could either re stay in that chapter again, reread it again, or you can go ahead and jump to another chapter. And it doesn't matter what order. Again, the goal would be to read all the chapters, but really it's to hone in on whatever you have. Um, and then what I had within there is I took uh, entries from blogs because I've written over uh, 700 blogs and about just over 650 uh, of the podcasts. I put those throughout the um, uh, the book and everything to give us kind of like, um, I call them compass checks. Um, and they go, it's just to kind of just get a pause from what you're reading and just self-reflect on one of the quotes. And um, I mentioned about the, the image of the compass earlier at the epicenter of the compass um, is uh, the self-awareness. And then the cardinal directions are each of the other four elements. And because everything brings you back to self-awareness and you can always heavily lean on one or the other, but they're always gonna have tie-ins with everything else. Um, and so that's, that's pretty much what the premise of the book is. And my hope is for readers and things like that, that they use the self-assessment as many times because you know, you're hoping to see a change in it and it's going to take time. It's, you know, it, it's a process. It's about the journey, about the journey, not necessarily the destination. I'm, I'm looking at the Amazon listing for this right now and, and, I, and I'm reading through the, the, the description and everything. Right. And there's just, there, there's so much to unpack right now because <laughs> like, so, so all of those things, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills. So each of those 
so, so important, but yet I don't think they survive on their own right? With, with, without everything else. So um, if, if you don't have social awareness, you're not going to be able to build relationships, for example. So, and, and when you said that right now, society in general is lacking in that social awareness, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, all you have to do, we, we were making fun of Twitter a little bit ago. All you have to do is just go on Twitter for five minutes right. and you can see that at, at least Twitter users lack social awareness. So, right. and then, I mean, we just got through, you know, how many months of political campaigns where, I mean, political ads are just, an, I mean, they've never been great, but I just feel like they get worse every single election cycle. So um, I just, I love how you just, you took all these little individual things and you made them their own thing. But at the same time though, the, like, I haven't read the book yet, but I can tell that like that they're, so, they're interwoven with one another to where you cannot, they, they can't stand on their own. So um, right. is, is that kind of where the book goes in that regard, yeah, yes, and just and and then just how it how it kind of goes ahead and applies, you know, to your to your own life, and then it, it even when you didn't know that these five elements existed, they've always been there. If you know, and you know, just with with any experiences, the good times, the bad times, you, you've had to lean on certain parts of those areas um, at different points in our lives. But it, again, like like you said, they're all interwoven, and you can't have one without the other. Um, and it's just something that, you know, it's always at the forefront of our minds. I think that's what really, because, and like with a compass, you know, when you're lost in the woods or whatever, that's going to help find your way. And that's why this being like that moral compass to help you get, uh, find your way through life. And because you're going to need it, you're going to need right. to lean on those things. So. Well, and Dan, I, I love the fact that you have that that self-assessment piece. It's not just, a, okay, these are these five areas and this is what you can do. I mean, that that idea of going back and reassessing yourself and knowing, I think, giving ourselves the, the, the grace and the ability to say, okay, I'm here now, but, you know, because of life situations, I might be over here. I think that's, was that something that, that you had always thought about adding to your book or was that something that just came about as you started the process? It, it was something that I, even from the forefront, I wanted to do something with that. And, you know, because like I said, I wanted to be something that could be used time and time again. I didn't want it to be a one and done book. And then, you know, but I always wanted it to be something to go back to because I, I firmly believe that not only leaders, but schools, organizations, even in business or whatever could use something like this to be able, because you want the best out of yourself, the best out of your employees, just to be, just to be the best humans possible within there. And then I, and I, but I also, when I, you know, but the choose your own adventure part, I wanted to bring that back in because I didn't want it to be a, just a traditional book where you read it from page one to page 300 and that's it because that's how 98% of our books are set right. up and I wanted to be something different so the reader could they could choose their pathway with it and and just be able to 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 do it that way and it would it wouldn't ever lose its connectedness cuz you could jump to chapter 5 and then go back to 3 it's really your pathway and then when you read it again you could be at a different stage in your life where all of a sudden responsible decision making is at the top and you might have lost yourself and you your self-awareness on certain things and you've got to find your way back. 
And, you know, and, 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 and that's the premise so that hopefully the book, when it's said and done is all worn and everything by the reader, you know, over the years, you know, so that, that, that's really the hope and premise, because I just think it's something that's, you know, lacking so much in just society today, like we had said with the political ads and things like that. And it makes it very hard for us as educators to teach our kids how to get along, solve differences, be able to you know, listen to other people's opinions and things and and be polite about it when you've got the campaign ads that tell you the complete difference. They're supposed to be the role models, just like we as adults are supposed to be, but they're showing the direct opposite. Right. And I've got to go ahead and explain to the kids why they're acting the way that they're doing. You know, you know, it just kind of, you know, it makes it kind of, it makes it challenging for us as educators to be able to show them what, what is the right way because they don't have those, those, and like you said, social media, those things that that's not helping either with a lot of those with the self-esteem issues. Cause I have to tell my kids constantly, it doesn't matter the number of likes you get. If you're posting just to post to get a reaction, then that's not, I said, I post things all the time. You know, I mean, and Twitter is my, my main you know handle and things like that. And I, I joke around. I said, I said, I, for a very short time, my wife followed me on Twitter until she unfollowed me because she said, Dan, you post too much. I can't, you're constant. I said, so I don't know how many people have their spouse unfollow them, but you know, so I just, you know, but, but like I said, but, but it's just those kinds of things with the, the social media and, and it, it's something that needs to turn around. Cause I, I think it's getting worse instead of better. And I just think, and I know even, even in um, even in our own state, um, like um, we we don't even really necessarily call it social emotional learning now because our state does not want us to have. And Florida is right. always in the news. I'm sure everybody. Yep. So now we're called. It's called social behavior, even though it's still the five elements. It's still right. the same. It's still called the same thing, but they just called it a different name. They've rebranded it, and it just and it's it's not meant to be anything bad. It's just to make, like, like I said, if I had a choice for my own child to whether she's an Einstein or she is treating the world and people with love and kindness, I'll take love and kindness right. any day of the week, as opposed to being a 4.0 brainiac. When Dan, you bring up, a, that's, that's a great point. Cause so, so much of what we do now in education has been, co-opted and and terms have been changed and the, the, they take one little piece and then they change it all so it, that is interesting because i was curious about you know you are you are in a uh, you are in a in a prime territory for for these kind of things to come up so i was curious how that happened but it makes sense social behaviors and i and i think yeah. if you would interview any of these people that feel so adamantly opposed to teaching sel and you put it down into those terms that you're talking about I would be shocked if any of them are, that are parents would say, no, I, I don't want my kid to have those skills. That, that's, that's part of being a good human. Right, right. And I, I like, because I, I even joked with um, uh, Darren, who, you know, I, I can't thank enough, uh, Darren Papard in regards to, with Road to Awesome, they are the ones that gave me right. the, the chance. And I just want to give them a shout out um, because I had over 50 rejections to get it published, but I was determined to go ahead. And I said, someone will take a chance on me to go ahead. And they did. And I joked with them. I said, with all this stuff that was going on with SEL, I said, so my book might only sell in 49 out of 50 states, just not in the state I live in, but it will sell everywhere else maybe, you know, but you know, but it's just, those are those, you know, it's just perseverance and just doing what's, what's best. And like, I even had a, 
um, a parent even just tell me recently that they had just bought the book and they, they said they really needed it. And it was something they've been reading it. And they just said some of the things they need, they didn't realize how much they needed it until they start. And I said, that, that means all, that means everything. I mean, as long as it impacts one person, that that's all that matters to me. And, and that's why I wrote it because everybody matters. Um, I, I tell my kids, um, if it's to be, it's up to me. Anything in life you want, you've got to go out and get it. And I firmly believe our, our greatest wealth is our mental health. And we have to take care of ourselves. And I, I, that's what my hope is that this does, is it, it takes care of uh, the, the person that's reading it. Well, and I love the concept behind the Choose Your Own Adventure because, like you, I read yeah. those as a kid, too. And I had this one that was like, it was like, kind of horror themed it, it was it was before the whole goosebumps craze you know yeah. and like those were very kid friendly this one was a little bit darker than that but it wasn't like you know freddy krueger or michael myers you right know, gory or anything like that but and th there was this one that i i still remember this day it was called spiders and snakes was the story arc and like how you jump through the story with the spiders and the snakes and everything and i hate snakes i still hate <laughs> snakes i don't mind spiders so much but that book fell apart by the time I was, you know, older because I had yeah. gone through that thing so many times. And, and I would go through different scenarios in one sitting. I would read right. one thing and then I'd go on like, let me jump to this page or that. But no, nope, let me go back and let me, let me go back and do this again now. So I could totally see somebody maybe not doing it in the same sitting, though. But like you, you mentioned the self-assessment right. where I read this book today, take that self-assessment. And then three weeks from now, I go back and reread that and say, have I made any improvements in this time? And then mm -hmm. that book being in tatters within you know, a few months to a, a year or two or something like that. I think that's a brilliant idea. I give you a lot of, I, I commend you. I give you a lot of credit for um, really, really uh, just taking on an idea of something from our youth and then putting it into practical use. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Not, not that the previous ones weren't practical. It made me read a lot. So Right, but, right. <laughs> uh, no, but maybe more for professional development use. That's a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. so, so now a lot of times authors will have these concepts and it leads on to other things like speaking engagements. Has the book right. done anything like that for you yet? Or is it still kind of, it, it's only been out a few months. So maybe, right. maybe traction has been a little slow with it. So if you don't mind talking a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, right now, um, I've just been uh, trying to, you know, uh, talk talk a lot on different podcasts and things like that. And, you know, um, so I'm de definitely getting more comfortable with the podcast. In the beginning, I was a little nervous just trying because you know, haven't never been on it and things like that. And and every podcast is a little bit different with, you know, how it's how it's set up and um but as far as speaking engagements, those, I mean, that's something that I'm, I'd always be interested in doing. I just, I think what's probably more of the challenge is also having a full-time job with what I'm doing, you know, as a school-based administrator and trying to figure out when I'd have that time to go ahead and do that. So whether it could be like weekend events or something like that, but, you know, but nothing's ever off the table. I mean, I definitely, I, I definitely see, you know, myself, um, when I do retire from the school system part, I'm, I know I'm not going to be fully retired. I want to do something in the area of the social emotional learning to continue that. So that could be something within there. Um, I do know that, you know, there could be you know other books within in me too, to go ahead and write. Like I said, I've, I thought about even taking all the blogs I've written and making it 
you know, for, you know, a year of um, SEL just around becoming the change with the different entries that I have. So people could go ahead on each day from January 1st all the way for, through December 31st, read something on one of the different areas to kind of help kickstart their day. So I thought about something like that as like, a you know, a book two or something like that to do that. But I said, right now, it's just right now uh, reaching out to different podcasts. Um, uh, the way I look at it is no stone unturned. So I'll go ahead and even go for the, you know, any and all just to try to get the message out there. Because like I said, um, it it's just like I, I was even on uh, recently on another one uh, called The Mental Matchup. And it's uh, from Morgan's message. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but um, um, it, it this organization started um, when um, a college student took her own life. And um, they, the family and friends went ahead and started Morgan's message. And um, they have the Mental Matchup podcast where they have athletes come on that have dealt with mental health struggles or whatever challenges. And I had reached out to them because I said, if, if my book in any way could help them and they, um, I was blessed enough to be on the podcast recently and just being able to know that, that it was out there to help out other people that may be having those struggles. That just means the world to me, you know, to be able to do that. But like I said, uh, no stone unturned definitely would be interested in speaking events or anything like that. Even, I know through Castle, they've got like, you know, a lot of the SEL conferences, you know, I'm always open to anything, you know, because I think everything happens for a reason. Well, and I know even a lot of organizations that uh, Ben and I are are close right. with, like they're, they're, the focus is no longer just on like the educational technology right. piece. It's that, that social emotional piece mm -hmm. along with it as well. So, I mean, I think, I, I think a lot of, uh, like just general education conferences would, uh, right. Would th these are, this would be a session that I think would be really beneficial for the conference. And I think you'd get a lot of traction that way as it's well. It's very so, relevant right now for oh, sure. For sure. We know that coming out of pandemic. Out. I mean, look, we know tons of kids and adults have experienced trauma in some form. And I think, you know, this would help them with that. Now, I did mention that you can find the book on Amazon. We have yeah. linked that in the show notes. So now, where can people find you on the socials, connect with you, talk more about the book, maybe potentially arrange for one of these speaking engagements? So uh, tell us about where people can connect with you. All right. Well, my main uh, social media is uh, Twitter, and my handle is uh, serve, lead, inspire. It's serve without the E and uh, it's not because I can't spell. It's because I'm limited with characters. So characters, that's why yeah. that's so, so I've got that. And then there's a link within, um, you know, my own like homepage within there where it's got every, a little bit of bio about me. It has all the different podcasts I've been on um, links to the book um, links to LinkedIn. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm on, I'm trying to get more familiar with Instagram. I, you know, uh, my, my 21 year old daughter's a lot better at it than I am. And she says, well, you're sending posts and then like, I'm cutting my head off and like for like different, <laughs> like I've got, cause I do these um, uh, everyday gratitude videos and stuff cool. for my staff and kids just on different quotes of just being grateful for what you have. It's different topics each day. And it's only about a minute, two minutes. Um, and I post those on Twitter, Facebook, and things like that, just to try to inspire and help kickstart everybody's day. And I started it actually in the, during the pandemic to try to have some sort of normalcy. And it just continued throughout the summer of the pandemic. 
Um, I had other schools say, Dan, will you continue? Are you going to do these throughout the summer? I said, if, if you think that they said, I just need it for myself to start the day. I said, well, that's, I said, then that's all I need to hear. I said, you know, just if it, if it makes, if it's value within there. Um, but yeah, so uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, I actually have, um, uh, it's, it's becoming the change.com is where the blog is. And um, uh, the podcast is on um, Apple and uh, Spotify called becoming the change. And like I said, it's, they're like the, the, the recordings are no more than five minutes. Um, I, I don't have all the high tech stuff. Um, I actually have one of my uh, uh, former mentors that actually he's retired now. He actually does the background music for me. He said, I'll send you some samples for you to use it. And just, I said, okay, cool. I said, that's great. I said, I'll, I'll take that, you know? And, uh, but yeah, but like I said, and the biggest thing is, is getting the message out there. So even for those, you know, I don't, I don't get consumed with, you know, how many listeners or whatever. I just, I put it out there for content. People need something. It's, it's right there for them. And, um, it'll, it'll be here uh, long after I'm gone is the way I look at it, you know? And so what, if that's the legacy, then so be it, you know, um, as long as it inspires others for sure. Yeah. I say if your daughter is either A, living at home, B, getting school or some other way, support from you or both, she is your social media manager from now on. There you that's, go. That's part of her rent, I think. So um, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to her about this after the show. There you go. So, well, Dan, thank you so much for yes, joining Dan. us, sharing your story, sharing the book, sharing everything. Um, I, I loved our conversation because, like Ben said, this is so relevant. Right. And um, I, I wish you the best of luck getting this thing off the ground yes. even further. Thank you so much. Hope everybody checks it out again. Um, like it was said, it's on Amazon. So becoming the change. Thank you all so much for having me. It's been a true honor. Yeah, absolutely. So now listeners, keep this conversation going, share some of your thoughts on today's topics. You can do that by emailing us at info at beeredupodcast.com. You can tweet us at beeredupod. And we've got hashtag beeredupod. Um, you can link up on that. Our Facebook page is Beer EDU Podcast. It's all one word. I have tried several times to change the name, and Facebook will not let me change the name. It's uh, stupid. Um, our Instagram is Beer EDU Pod. <laughs> yes. Um, that one, that's where we're sharing our beers. We're having fun on that one. Um, our YouTube channel, where you can see these episodes being yep. recorded live. Um, new link. They allowed us to do a handle and an actual website with it now. So now nice. our YouTube channel where you can subscribe is youtube.com slash at beer edu pod. And then again, make sure you follow Dan at serve, lead, inspire without the E and serve. Um, leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts so more can find the show. Um, and then Ben, if they want to be a guest on the show, what does one have to do? Yeah, go to beeredupodcast.com. You click on that contact subscription info link and then complete the guest form. And that's that's all you want need to do. We'll get you in the queue. Love to hear what you're passionate about. Share, you know, share your ideas with us. And along that same lines, we have to make sure we thank some people too, like schoolrubric.org. Um, School Rubric features the Beer EDU podcast. Their mission is to help schools, educators, parents, and students tell their stories so that stakeholders can make the best choices about enrollment and staffing. So go to schoolrubric.org and you'll find some great content. Also, we are super proud to be part of the Code Breaker podcast network. So if you love listening to educational podcasts, you got to go to codebreakeredu.com. There's teachers talking, teaching, student-centered world, STEM every day, teachers on fire, my ed tech life, a ton of, of great 
podcast. So check them out. And we want to thank them for featuring us. And Dan, this is the part where love for you to stick around. Kyle has something to share. This is the learning part where okay. Kyle's going to teach us something, which yeah, I already so looked at the notes, which I, I thought we I, talked about. We, we've mentioned this when we were doing our episodes back in June months ago, we were, yeah. we were doing different aspects of like things that are kind of like beer, but they're not yes. beer like that. We were getting into like the hard seltzers and whatnot. Well, when I was looking at that, I found, you know, I remember like, Hey, there's these things out there, these hard sodas, like right. root beer and stuff too. So I'm like, let, let me look into this a little bit. So, so a hard soda Basically, it can be referred to a lot of different things. Flavored beer, adult soda, fermented soda, mature okay. soda. I've never heard that one. That's I kind of like that one, though. Alcohol soda, um, alco pop, I've heard before, too. So if <laughs> you're like from the one. Midwest, you call soda pop. So That's there right. you go. But basically, it's any type of alcoholic beverage or craft beer that is manufactured in the style of a soft drink. So, okay. you know, and, and not just like, I mean, the other thing that's getting kind of big right now, too, is the canned cocktails. Yes. Yeah. Like some of those are decent. Like the, there's a couple rum and coke ones I've had that are pretty good, and then there's a um there's a. Well, it's hard to mess up. One. It's rum and coke. Come on. Right. It's like... I know. I know. But like sometimes, <laughs> so, like years ago, though, I remember Captain Morgan made a rum and coke in a bottle that was absolutely terrible, though. Really? So yeah, this was about 20 years ago. It was terrible, yeah, and I was in college at the time. So if if I was a college wow. kid saying it was terrible, it was Dude, really bad. It must have been horrible. It was really bad. So. <laughs> Now, this whole thing kind of became a thing about 10 years ago or so when a brewer in Illinois called Small Town Brewery started making this stuff called Not Your Father's Root Beer. Mm. And you've probably seen this stuff around. Yep. So mm -hmm. it is a hard root beer. Um, started out, it, it had like an ABV of like 5.9%. So decent kick, yes, you know, yeah. basically the, a beer, only it was a root beer. Well, then they started expanding. They got into hard ginger ale, vanilla cream soda. They had an orange cream soda one for a while, too, Ooh. if I remember right. That was really good. So then, of course, once one thing becomes popular, that everybody's got to start doing it, too. So same thing happened with hard mm -hmm. seltzer. So um, some of the other company, there's a couple other companies that you may have seen. Um, Henry's Hard Soda is a division yes. of Miller Coors. Mm -hmm. um, Anheuser-Busch has a series called The Best Damn, and then, like, you know, root beer, best damn ginger ale, oh, whatever. Okay. I haven't seen those as much, but then, but there's other ones out there too. And then of course your small breweries, your local breweries, they sometimes have these kinds of things on there as well. I mean, in, in reality, they're very similar to beer and hard seltzers where they add yeast to, to ferment sugars. They get them up to like four to 8%, but okay. they're not beer. They, they taste like there's, um, there's one I've never had it. Um, now it's hard Mountain Dew. It's made by Mountain Dew. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? So I saw it at the grocery store one day, and I'm like, if you want to get absolutely wired and drunk at the same time, I guess buy a 12-pack of this stuff because um, that's yeah. about, that's basically what it was. What? It was Mountain Dew with alcohol in it. Huh. I've never <laughs> seen that. Yeah. What would So what would be like those twisted teas? Did we already discuss this? What is that category? We have not, those but I mean, according to their commercials, that is, quote – 
from the commercial, real brewed tea with a with an alcohol kick or something. So we have like a that. whole other category. We have we, we might have to. I might have to look into. Plus, that. we have kombucha, so we got to go down that path. Yeah, the, yeah. Then there's the fermented tea, which I am not a fan of the kombucha myself. <laughs> but I mean, I think I think you're kind of into them a little bit. But I'm maybe. I'm not the hard ones. I'll drink. I like regular ones. But yeah. then again, like when I buy it, and then they're like, "We need to see your ID," and I'm like, "It's." less it's than one like, percent right but it's fine it is so, not anymore there's a lot of gray in here i say the fact that you're still getting hard it's kind of nice nah, though, dude, too. Like, that, yeah that train that train <laughs> no, it's more sailed the, out of it's the more station the self-check well. thing at the grocery store and then oh I have to wait yeah for the lady no then you have to, to yep push the say, button. i mean what i mean for those that have listened know that ben's got about 10 years on me but i yeah, look yeah, yeah. as Whatever, old man. if not older than him because of this gray mean that i have on my face yeah so my and my dad gives him my dad has way less gray than me and he gives me a hard time about it so it's, beca it's because you're such a hard ass and give me such a hard time my entire life you made me gray dad <laughs> it's, your dad's fault. it's my dad blamed him well, so. so okay so so yeah i have not i've seen the root beer ones mm -hmm. and now i have to look because i have not the mountain dew one i'm actually intrigued by I yeah i kind of used to drink mountain dew all the time oh, i don't yeah. know that's uh yeah it's been a while though since i've had a mountain dew so. oh, like high that. school mountain dew and kit kats was like my lunch every day <laughs> oh my oh. god yes yep uh, or reese's pepsi. yeah, yeah. Uh, mine was so. pepsi's and pepsi and a bag of ruffles chips yay high school yay <laughs> back when you could eat that stuff and still lose weight yeah just flirting with diabetes the entire time <laughs> So, yeah, it, well, and here's the thing, like, I mean, the, I, I've, I can remember seeing a lot of these things, but they're not, it's not something I look for when I go no, to the store. You're right. So I can't tell you the last time I saw these things in, but now, like, you mentioned that the next time I'm at the store, I'll have to look. But here's the thing now, now my local grocery store has the app where you put your groceries in yes. and then you can just go pick it up yes. and not even set foot in the store. I, I don't even know when I'll, I'll go to the grocery store again because that's so much easier. I don't have to deal with mm -hmm. people in the grocery store. This is right. awesome. So that's yeah. with the carts as you're walking through. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> but yeah. don't you want to buy, don't you want to buy 30 things that weren't on your list? And when you get home, at least in my house, my wife goes, you didn't buy the two things you went for. Well, that's the best part stuff? about it. Like you, when you make the list of what you need, you go there, you put that in the app and then you don't like, Oh, you, you don't get that whole, oh, we're fresh out of two for $5 packages of Oreos. <laughs> yes. No, we use it too. We we do. And and I agree with you. I, I do like it. So, well, I mean, I, I don't know. So I guess if people are out there and you've tried these, we would love to hear your take on them. Absolutely. I, not condoning um, underage drinking, but I can see these as being something that high school I, kids probably I, yeah, would get I feel into. like these are a bad idea also at the same time. Yeah. I mean, so, I like alcohol that tastes like alcohol. That's part of my problem. Yeah. Part of the reason why I like whiskey too. So anyway, so yeah, that's, that's your hard sodas there. All right. Well, Dan, thank you so much for being on the show. We learned something and, and it was great talking to you. I'm super excited about your book. All right. Thanks so much uh, to you both for having me on the podcast. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. And next episode, um, we got coming at you will be episode 135. We're looking yes. forward to that one. And listeners, as always, we know it's been a little bit since we kicked an episode. So um, if you still are listening to us, well, if you're not, you're not hearing this anyway. So whatever. But but thank you for always listening yes. and supporting us. And until next time, may the malts not hot. Right on. Right on.